Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. I'm excited for today's show um, because not only do I have a guest that I know you guys are going to get a ton of knowledge from, but she's my client and my friend. So I'm super excited to welcome to the show Christy Barkley. Welcome. Uh, to the Thanks Sarah for having show, me. Girl. Yes, <laughs> yes. So exciting. Well, I, I reached out to you uh you know, a week or so ago, and I was like, girl, I've got to have you on the show because you and I work together, and, and just so everybody knows, you're a certified HBR life coach. You went through my uh, life coach training program, and you've been coaching people on the methods and stuff that I teach. Um, and and when you did, the breakthroughs that you've had, <laughs> the wins you've had since, and then even crazier, the wins that your team and clients have had it has just been so fun and powerful to watch. I think you and I started about a year ago, so it's like right around the year anniversary. So it's just been a crazy whirlwind, I feel like, for you. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get on and have us chat a little bit about what some of those breakthroughs have been because I know the audience um, can take notes (laughs) and uh, hopefully start applying some of these their own life because I feel like they're so universal. Um, but before we get into all of that, I would love for you to kind of uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you have a powerful story of overcoming adversity uh, to get where you are right now, which not only are you a life coach, but you lead a, um, an enormous and very successful team as well. So um, tell everybody a little bit about you and, and kind of a little bit of your backstory. Okay. So... I have, I think, always been a hustler and a hard worker, and I, um, I'm i going to take you all the way back to, let's go, I'm going to go 2003, when I decided that what I was doing for a living is not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, and as a single mom with a child about to start kindergarten, decided I was going to go back for my master's degree. And within 11 months, I had my, um, completed my master's in sport management. I was working in the NHL for the Nashville Predators, managing the sponsorships, and um, was really living the life of my dreams, at least the life of my dreams at that time. Um, right. I was doing really, really well in what's mostly a male-dominated field and was loving everything and lo and behold in 2008 I was holding my um, youngest daughter on the back of the boat and I slipped and fell and hit the back of my head on the diving platform of the boat so yeah so I sustained a pretty awful concussion but it was added to the concussions I received in college when I played rugby and I had never really noticed horrible, horrible symptoms before, but at that time, everything snowballed. And I was fortunate to have the best doctors around because I had NHL doctors and neurologists working with me. But after about three months, we started realizing, you know, 
I couldn't do much. I had spent most of the three months in bed in a dark room with not, not very much sound. And mm-hmm. I tried to go back to work, but since I couldn't handle sound or light or anything, it's not very conducive to working in the NHL. So six months after my concussion, they retired me forever. And I spent a little time trying to figure out who the new me was. Um, And it it just got worse and worse. Doctors compared it. It didn't compare it, but for for listeners who – um, don't know anything about brain injuries or concussions or uh, CTE even, the best way for you to know exactly what it is is you'll hear NFL players with it, the NFL players that die or right. have suicide, you know, die of suicide, things like that. Right. Most of them suffered from CTE, from the concussion. So in 2014, I had a pretty successful suicide attempt, but clearly not truly successful because I'm talking to you, but during that time, doctors did a ton of tests and realized, diagnosed me at age 41 with early onset dementia. And they, yeah, they said that by 2016, I would not recognize my own children. By 2018, I would be in assisted living with full-blown Alzheimer's and that I would likely be dead by 2020. So. It was pretty devastating, and thank goodness they were wrong, and um, thank goodness to, you know, some different factors in my life. I am here, but I have had to completely rebuild my life truly from scratch because being known as a hard worker and someone who's super smart when all of that is taken away is, was a pretty rough blow, but... I'm here now. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, it's just incredible to me, like, not only how you have healed your brain, like, in a physical way, in that, you know, I've coached you, so I know you're sharp as a tack. (laughs) So I know that none of that stuff the doctor said um, is your reality. So how did you overcome that diagnosis and fight it and be like, nope, I'm going to do something about this. I'm not just going to sit down and, and... take it, you know? And then what did you do to heal? Well, yes. So I am a very faithful person. You know, this, um, have a very strong belief in God and always have, and truly just had to get over being angry that I was, had to live through this illness. And, and I believe that God had a reason for keeping me here because I had flatlined. I saw the light. Like I, I essentially was dead, and then I wasn't. And I believe I knew that God had a reason for me to be on this earth, and I didn't know what it was. And I truly at the time didn't think I had anything to offer anybody. Um, So I happened to start um, a line of supplements that really focus on gut health. And at the time, there wasn't much talk about gut health and brain health, but it turns out that it worked for me. And I was able to come off of 13 prescriptions and stop taking, you know, I was taking up to 20 ibuprofen. And I've been able to end all of that. My depression has gone away. My anxiety has gone away. So I just can't say enough for, like, the value of truly yeah, great absolutely. gut health in 
in changing nutrition anybody's life and and faith yes. yeah and faith and, and faith then, yeah and then a lot of you know what we've worked on the last year and what you are now coaching people is that mental strength that we can build as well right in changing our thoughts and changing our story and creating a new future and all of this I love how all three of those kind of elements really work together to create ultimate healing and right. um, you know like truly enable us to live our our best life and then I think what's beautiful about that is um, you know, obviously you've been able to take the, you know, the supplements that have really benefited you in a dramatic way and built a huge career out of it, too. So, I mean, what is better than doing the thing you love and the thing you're passionate about and, you know, building wealth? So. <laughs> it, it really is, that, right? like, it, yeah, God has a funny way of messing with us, Um because this is not anything that I ever would have done before. I was all about climbing the corporate ladder and being, you know, seen as successful in the traditional way and doing things that nobody in my family had ever done before. And then God takes everything away and says, here, you'll have these supplements. And right. I, didn't, I didn't even know that it was, you know, network marketing. I had never really, you know, like my mom tried to sell everything under the sun, I feel like. And um, not in a hard way, in a way that, like, she can talk to everybody. So every single person yeah. that was in network marketing took it to my mom and got her to order all the crap. Right. And, They're like, you'll do it. it. <laughs> yeah. And then it just, she just gave it away because she doesn't like to ask people for money. So that was my experience with it. And, but everybody saw such a difference in me. And so I was telling them what I was doing and, and that and has now it, resulted, yeah. yeah, and it wasn't to make money. It was just to share what was working for me. Sure. And, yeah. And now five yeah. years down the line, and I make, you know, about twice what I was making in the NHL. Isn't that crazy? So, so I, there's something that I want to point out here really, really quick, because I call them earthquake moments. Um, you know, in my book, Hustle, Believe, Receive, I, I have a section where I'm talking about that. And what I mean by that is, sometimes we have a dream or even a desire of our heart. Like it might not be uh, a fleshed out dream yet, but it's like a yearning in our heart for something maybe different, something more. Listeners, I know you know what I'm talking about, right? Like either you have yes. it or you don't. I feel like most people kind of do have it, right? Um, and a lot of times I feel like God or the universe will look at your life and be like, girl, hmm. <laughs> what you want, what you're saying you want, and what your life is, hmm. I can do a lot of stuff, but I can't, like, mesh them right now. I need to yeah. move the deck. You know what I mean? I need to shuffle the puzzle a little bit so that I can line it up to, to ultimately, ultimately is the keyword here, ultimately give you the desire of your heart because it just doesn't fit with what's going on right now. Um, that's kind of how my brain um, operates it a little bit. And, you know, the platitude is everything happens for a reason, right? But for, for yes. me, when I think about it like that, um, then it makes sense. It's like, oh, my God, the puzzle does come together. Like, you know, the, the idea of where my life would have been had this traumatic and tragic event not happen versus where it is right now like this is everything I ever dreamed of I just didn't know at the time and my story is very similar right you know it's like my rock bottom moment 
led to everything I've created um, that I truly love, that is completely custom built for my life, and I cannot imagine it any other way. But that would never have fit in my old life, you know. And so sometimes I think we have to go through those earthquake moments in order to, I don't know, you know, really, really discover what it is that we're on this planet for, what our what our purpose is. Um, is that something that that you have realized kind of after the fact, or how did you navigate? Because I know there's dark times going through an earthquake moment, obviously. Right. Um, no, but, one, but how have one, you kind of reconciled that? One hundred percent, I agree with you, and I am able to look back at all of the moments that I thought were the worst moments of my life. You know, so when my first husband left me for somebody else, like I thought that was the worst moment of my life at that time. Um, When I um, was sick, like there's so many things that have happened that at the time I thought my life wasn't worth living afterwards. And now I can look at them completely like and see how they've taught me and prepared me for this moment. I mean, now as I coach people, like, I can't tell you how many times, like, they're sharing something with me, and I know, like, God put them in my path and put me on to climb the mountains I had to climb so that I could help them precisely with their issue, because I've already made it through it. And, and my, yes. like, you understand it. You know, I, I feel the same. I feel like yes. that is why I've lived 22 lives in my 45 years. Yes. I literally yes. feel like I've lived at pretty much almost every version, you know, so that it does give me perspective. It gives me firsthand knowledge. It gives me empathy. Um, it gives me the ability to say, I know for a fact that you can make it through because I've done it, you know. I think yeah. that, and when it comes to coaching, it's an amazing value add, actually, you know, even though it those are the hard times that, that we've been through. So, can we talk about some of the crazy breakthroughs that you've had over the last year that I've <laughs> that I've loved yes. you? Um, and and I think they're so relevant. Um, you know, I think there's going to be so many listeners who can really relate to it. So, one of the things that I teach um, is how to break through barriers or blocks to um, receiving financial abundance abundance across kind of all fields in our life, and then also how we get over a broke mindset. And, and I do a lot of training about that, and, and um, or excuse me, Future Boards has a section talking about that. And so I think a lot of people, regardless of their financial situation, this is like the key, because a lot of people assume, oh, well, if I'm not financially struggling, I don't have a broke mindset. But I don't think that's true. In fact, I know that's not true because I've coached a lot of people who are doing financially well but still have those barriers or those blocks that are keeping them from the next level of success. In fact, I find that probably a 50-50. So I find those those blocks and barriers very strong kind of, um, if you want, at the at the bottom when you're working your way up like like I did, you know, from food stamps mm-hmm. up. Um, but I also faced them, again, you know, when I was making six figures and stuck there for a long time and, you know, really had a lot of blocks moving on to the next level of success. And, and I think it's really, really common. And it's always kind of interesting 
finding out what those blocks are, and you're like, really? <laughs> I never would have thought that, you know, yeah. like some random thing someone said to me 10 years ago is the reason why I'm keeping my life small or keeping myself small or, like, turning down opportunities or doing things that ultimately are self-sabotaging and keeping me in the place I'm at versus allowing me to explode and really get that success. So do you mind sharing with us a little bit of um, kind of what that was for you or, or what that process was of really like seeing that blocks existed and then the process of, you know, breaking through them? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously you and I, broke through some crazy, crazy blocks for me. And I have to agree with you completely. It's not about, at least for me, it was not about how much money we made when we filed our taxes. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. like how much we made because I grew up. Because that could be like triple or double or five times. Oh, my matter. gosh. Mindset's the same. Like the, the end outcome or the end kind of stress you feel around money can be the same. And that, that was the thing I noticed. You know, if I was making 35000 a year versus making one hundred and fifty, why was I feeling exactly the same in my daily life? Like that to me was like, yes. what the fuck's going on? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's why we were digging. <laughs> yes. As a single mom making $24,000 a year, I felt exactly the same as I did when our household income was over 200000 And I couldn't figure out why, um, but it was causing lots of problems in our house. But what you and I uncovered is I had this horrible mindset of scarcity no matter how much money we had. Um, right. And, you know, it went all the way back to my childhood, which I think a lot of people learn about money mm -hmm. from their parents. And I had a mom who, when she was a single mom, worked three jobs. Like, and if I said, I want a pair of Jordache jeans, the next day I had a pair of Jordache jeans. Looking back as a mom, I'm like, where did she find, come up with that money? Like, there was so much we didn't have living right. in a tiny duplex and you know, and so much we didn't have. But if I said I want something, my mom got it for me. And she was blessing me and loving me the best way that she knows how. But what I never learned along the way was that sometimes you have to work for things or you have to save for things or you have to build for things. She just gave me what I wanted, if she could. And, but right. it also taught me, like, if you see something you want, you have to buy it right now. Because yeah, that was a big I, one, right? Right, was like, that was the a money huge account, one for me. I need to go send it today because it might not be right tomorrow, now. So I'm gonna blow it out of the water. Yeah, yep. Yes, yeah, true. My reality is when I was in college in Utah, I would see something I wanted, and I would call her and say, "I found this dress, and I really need it." And she would say, "Okay, go buy it right now. I'll put a check in the mail by the time the check comes. Get it to your bank, and by then the check will have cleared at the store." This was. 1990 guys, right, right. so we didn't have yeah, all the yeah. like instant transfer. Yeah. And so I was trained that when you see something, you have to buy it right now because it might not be there tomorrow. Yeah. And you you taught me very differently. Um, <laughs> but I will. We did some really oh, practical things, really practical things. Do you mind sharing some of those? Because I think those are just going to be clutch yes. for a lot of people. And and I know listeners already know this, but what you went through was really common. Like really common it's you know that that idea and and I shared with 
with you um, in our coaching too, and probably haven't many times publicly, that I was very much the same. You know, if you're used to paycheck to paycheck mindset, it doesn't matter how much that paycheck is, you're going to find a way to spend 90% of it within two, three days. That's just, you know, your paycheck could be five times whatever it was, and you're still going to find a way. And But not only just you, but because your brain is trained that way, circumstantial things will kick in to make sure that's true too. So maybe the car breaks down that same, in that same time period or, you know, some other expense comes up. So a lot of things that people are assuming are just circumstantial and out of their control are actually the manifestation of yeah. white patterns. And that 100%. was a big thing. Yes. Yeah, so some of the practical things that you taught me to do and that I still do, actually I hardly have to do them anymore because of doing these things. But I, and I think most people, because there's a million memes about it, but they go to Target right. for like two things and they leave with $200 <laughs> yeah. and they don't really know yeah. what they've left with. Right. So you told me I could put whatever I wanted in my cart, but I had to walk around the store two times and yes. think about yes. if I really needed it. <laughs> so and, like, if you still want it by the time you're in checkout, then you can have it. But if you've watched it, yes. you've done your laps and you're lo- looking through your cart and you're like, mm, I really need that. I, I, I need put it back I, as you yeah. go. Yes, because I was the queen of buying nail polish. And I have like a million things of nail polish and they're almost all the same shade, right? So the other thing, like while I'm not just aimlessly walking around the store looking for more things to put in my cart, we also realized that I had a real aversion to the word save. When my husband would say we need to save money, I pushed back on that really hard. That felt like a punishment to me. And yeah, it I refused to do all it. of your lack in one thing yes. and like resistance and yes. everything. It just, it, yeah, it, there was a lot of negative and, and it, um, you know, to it, yeah. 100%. And it would just make me angry and it would make me want to spend more. But you helped me create the phrase, I'm building abundant wealth. And that yes. felt really good to me. Saving felt like a punishment, but building abundant wealth felt amazing. So I would literally walk around Target in saying in my head, I'm building wealth. I'm building abundant wealth. I am abundantly wealthy. I'm building wealth. I can do great things with my wealth. (laughs) And then lo and behold, like I would leave with only what I needed. I would put things back. And now I go to Target. Yeah, I remember too, like the last piece of that was then I want you to reward yourself for what you, yes. what you just did. And so you would add up what you put back and you would put that into your building wealth account and pay yourself yes. instead. Yep. And so that you so would that actually a, be building wealth, yeah. Yes, because you also made me do it with Amazon. Things had to stay in my cart for two mm-hmm. days. And yep. anything that I put back at Target or at the store or in Amazon, any of that money more. that I didn't spend, I put it in my building wealth account. And it was remarkable how many hundreds of dollars were in there at the end of each week. It's crazy, that, right? Just, it's crazy. Like just changing something that simple, right? Yes. Changing the idea of savings is a weight around my neck. <laughs> you know, something that if it does exist, I'm just going to transfer it while I'm in line at Target anyway into my checking account. So it's like useless. You know what I mean? And so kind of a, there's just, 
so much stuff around it that I think a lot of people have that isn't really helping them. And one thing that, that we did, and I'm not paid by this company at all, so I just want to put this out there. I just happened to have stumbled upon it and become super obsessed with it because, you know, I've, these are all things I've worked out, worked through myself. Um, is there's an app called Acorns, and it just transfers the change from every single purchase into an investment account. And so, and it it's super easy. So like, if you come out of Target, and you're like, hey, I didn't spend sixty four dollars. You know, I put sixty four dollars worth of stuff back. Boom, transferred into my account. And so, I think once you started seeing that money instantly growing, and also growing in a place where it's not instantly available, then you're like, oh my god, this is how I'm shifting from kind of that paycheck-to-paycheck mentality into I am wealthy. It can sit there, and it doesn't stress me out sitting there, right? Because that was the other part. I think anyone who's, who's <laughs> lived with that mentality, it's like when the money is there, it almost stresses you out. It's like, oh, my God, I've got to pay everything in advance in case it's not there, right? you know? And so all of that is like feeding the lack mindset, which, again, is perpetuating the cycle. So I think if listeners, if you can get to a place where – if you relate to anything I'm, that we're saying here, if you can get to a place where for a week it just sits there. Wasn't that another thing that we did? We're like, okay, on payday, yeah. you have 72 hours, and it just sits there. You don't pay a bill. You don't do anything for like 72 hours. Did that help? It was remarkable because I always, whether I made $2,000 or $8,000, my, my pay was always gone within seven days of when it hit my bank account. Right. Yep. Like all of yep. it. And to have it sit there. The other thing that was ginormous and has been ginormous in our house, because my husband doesn't have a problem with savings. He, like, obsesses about saving and not spending, which also was hard. Right. And so, like, we worked on all this together. Yeah, until, until yes. you learned how to do the same, right? Yeah. So you suggested that we only talk about money on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And that was our morning to talk about money. We would – and. And you all, I also asked him not to use the word savings. And so it kind of became a joke in our house, but like he would call me in on Saturday after catching up all the bills and the quicken and all that. And he goes, our abundant wealth is a little bit low this week. Could you be a little careful? <laughs> Which felt our so much is better. Overflowing this week. Let's get back to overflowing. Felt, yeah, he would say, if you be a little careful, it'll overflow next week. Like, look at how good we're doing. Oh, I love that. Instead of where he yeah. used to call me in and be like, you know, what are you doing? Where is all this right. going? Look at what you know. We're running out of money, and he would always say that we're out of money. We're out of money, even though we were. Yeah. That was like right. his thing, but and it's so I had to, yeah, especially for a man. And, they're like, "Where's all the money well, I'm making going?" Yeah, that's very stressful. Yes, but with all the work we did about manifestation, you told me you're like, you've got to tell him to stop saying we're out of money. Yes, and exactly. He thought he thought you were absurd, but we don't say it <laughs> in our house anymore, and it yes. has everything all together has changed our abundance significantly like oh yeah you, you want me to track tell it? people yeah if you're yes. if you're okay like you've actually tracked it which i love so much like you've actually <laughs> added it all up and part of part of that um assignment of putting stuff back and then putting it into wealth and really just feeling totally empowered by the situation versus feeling like you were 
you know, behind the eight ball audit or whatever. You know, a lot of people can even take it to the place where they feel victim of their circumstances or, or whatnot. And you completely transform that, I would say, in about a month. It was just like once the light went on and those are all of those elements clicked for you, where it made sense, you were like, fucking game over. <laughs> Let's it go. Was, it um, was. So, yeah, you've tracked it. Do you mind sharing? Are you okay sharing? Like, what yeah, absolutely. impact it had? And I do, I will say, because, again, you know, I'm super faithful, and I believe that what we're good stewards of, God will bless us with more of, and I had never oh. been a good steward of money. And oh. as soon as, like, literally within, like you said, a month, really within two weeks, the first two weeks, remember, is when all of a sudden my mom said, I'm going to start sharing my oil royalties with you. Yeah, and I was just like, crazy. All kinds what? of stuff were coming through. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what? Okay. Okay. That's awesome. And, and, it, and then like two weeks later, my husband got a very, very large raise without a change in his like career or role. Right. And, um, and things from like huge dinners that you were planning on, on paying for, someone else picked up the tub, just all different kinds yes. of ways that money was You're just right. abundant, yes. abundant we, was flowing. We, Yes, we had planned, we had, I had allotted about $3,000 to spend over my son's college graduation weekend, and various people picked up all the different bills, and I think we spent like, you know, 500 and it was like, holy bejesus, it's like God's letting me keep yeah. our money, yeah. you know, like, it's like I'm being you're so, so right smart. Exactly, and that, I want to, I want to make a bigger point of what you just made, because I think it can be lost really quickly, um, the idea you guys if what you have you are not grateful for and you're not um taking care of in whatever way there's lots of ways that i fucked up money before right like i would mm-hmm. see a fee on a bill that shouldn't be there and instead of calling and getting the fee removed i would just get pissed and i would be like god that's another one of those things whatever and i would pay it I and mean, that's just a simple example but there's i mean There was hundreds Mm -hmm. of examples like that, right? And what I realized was, holy shit, I'm not being a good steward of what I have. I'm not protecting my money. I'm not not defending my money when it's being bled in ways that it absolutely shouldn't, you know? And so, um, and and I was also using procrastination as a tool to sabotage my money, you know, rather than doing preventative things that are very cheap and wait till it blow up and it'd be expensive. There's so many different aspects of it. So... I love that that element also really kicked into play with you where you're like, hey, if I am being a good steward of this, if if I am grateful and taking care of what I have, then it will grow. That's a big deal, you guys. I don't care if you're making $5 an hour. You can still put that into practice and into play, and you can start to grow it from there. Yeah, because I had – saved up. Like I wasn't going to put it on the credit card. I had saved up. I knew exactly what everything was going to cost. And it was like, I prepared for it. And then God said, Oh, your dad will take care of it. And I was like, Oh, I get to, I get to keep my here's money. A blessing. Here's a blessing. Here's something good with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's yeah. The and, yeah. And, um, and we kept, and then my husband got another raise and, Oh, then we had some issues with our, a lease in our apartment, and we ended up, we did change apartments, but it's the exact same floor plan with the exact same view and everything, but it's $1,100 less a month. 
You know, that's mm-hmm. 13000 a year. Yep. Yeah, exactly. for the and it just exact started same adding thing. up and adding up and adding up so quickly. It's crazy. Yeah, and over six figures, and it, right? Correct. We're probably all the different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Now my income is growing at such a rapid rate that I would say since you and I started working together, it was at the end of last August. I would say that we have manifested or brought in over two hundred thousand dollars. That's insane, you guys. <clears throat> that is insane. And so much of that, a lot of that was, was existing. I mean, probably over half of that was existing stuff that you just changed mentality on, and that changed habits, which grew the wealth versus bleeding it out. So, I mean, you guys, that, that's crazy. Um, I love when, when a client gets a good ROI. <laughs> <laughs> on their investment. And it, um, it's, it's amazing because do you remember how mad my husband was when I signed the right. contract to work with you? He like didn't speak to me for three days, but it yeah. paid off. Like, <laughs> yeah, it paid off, it paid off in like 30 days. Um, yeah. The other thing I wanted to chat about is I know that you're also training, a, you know, part of your team on these same mm-hmm. concepts, which is anybody in sales. So my background is corporate sales before I started doing this, and that's how I learned how to do this, right? Because the way corporate sales is structured for me was very demotivating. It was all about hitting a number. The number was super arbitrary. The commission that went with it was um, unreachable in most cases or so big that, you know, we had no real-life experience of what that would do as far as changing our life, right? You know, everyone's like, "Eh, Mm -hmm. I'm never going to make that anyway, so – so it wasn't practical, and so for me, that's, you know, I started my first future board <clears throat> in sales so that I could start to translate those numbers into real-life rewards the most. That was, that was my initial kind of thing. I was like, okay, well, if I hit my number, then I can take my son to Hawaii. If I, you know, hit my annual number, then that means I can get a Louie <laughs> or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. I had to translate it into real life stuff or else it didn't motivate me. In fact, it did the opposite. And as soon as I started doing that, you know, everything changed. Um, And I know that that is work that that you've been doing with your sales team. And I I just wanted you to share a little bit um, about how that is going and, and like our other members of your team starting to see that difference and that connection. He wins with it as well. Oh, my gosh, it's been remarkable. I will say, you know, as you know, I reached out to you and wanted to start the coaching because our team had been stuck for about a year where almost everybody was at the exact same rank or much lower than the rank that they had hit. And I couldn't figure out how to get them moving forward. And so when I started coaching them after going through the process with you and I was able to, you know, They were doing what I was doing in the past because that's what I had learned to do. Um, But when we started dreaming big, one of the big things was helping them to dream for themselves because most of them, when I would originally Mm -hmm. say, what are you working for? Like, why do you want to – what are you going to do with the money? Like, what's the the purpose? Most of them would say, I'm going to do this for my kids and this for my husband and this for my parents and this – but they never had anything they were doing for themselves. And it was like, why would you want to work so hard and you get none of the rewards? So them coming up yep. with their own dreams. Um, also, and also that was getting rid of the idea. 
Yeah, sorry, uh, but I think that's super relevant, and I know there's lots of people listening to this um, who who are in similar positions in sales. Like, once they got rid of just the idea of hitting a certain rank, and this is true for anyone listening who wants a promotion or whatever, right? So if you can get away from, oh, I just want to hit that, and understand, like, okay, why? Why do you want to hit that? And I know that yeah. was a discussion you and you and I had, you know, when when that was one of your goals. I was like, why? What is it going to change about your life? What, you know, what can you do then that you can't do now? Really flesh that out for me. Flesh out how all those things change because those are the things that will motivate you. The rank or the promotion or some blanket, you know, random number, I want to make a million dollars, none of that motivates anybody. And that's where everyone gets stuck. If you can translate into, if my life was truly up-leveled, can I see what that would even look like? Once you can do that, right? fucking game on. And I, and I think most people can't. I mean, I thought I was a huge dreamer. But on one of our yep. first calls, and you said, okay, what's it going to look like when you're making a million dollars a year, two million a year? And I started telling you, you were like, that's not going <laughs> to look like that. You're like, that's like the that. life you're living now. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you were like, like that's, that's your exact same life. So nothing. You're like, you literally, <laughs> yeah. You're like, you literally really think that you're going to live in the exact same neighborhood and be doing the exact same stuff. You're like, I got story. It's not going to happen, sister. Like you don't start making that kind of money and nothing changes. And once I grasped onto that, like, oh, and that was a big one. It will so change. Huge. That girl, right? So many people they want to be. They're like, no, I won't change because they think change. Is I won't bad. change. I won't change. Well, I will still have my. I will, I won't be flashy, right? I, I'll still have. No, you won't. You're gonna get like a facial once a week. Like, come on. Yes. <laughs> but and so every people, like, single and are not scared of it. Then it's like, okay, now it, we can start getting there. What I think a true, true issue that most people, is, at least in my faith, have is that if they start to say they want more things, then they feel like they're not grateful for what they have. And so they have to be, they feel like I need Completely. to just be grateful Completely. for what I have. I need to not want anything else. And I'm like, no, when you have more, God can use you for more. He can Absolutely. use you for so much goodness when you have abundance to share and to give to others. And, and I truly so, believe that he wants us to live an abundant life. I mean, he doesn't want us to struggle yes. and be unhappy and, you know, all of those things. It's, it, I think those breakthroughs are, are so amazing. The last one that I wanted to talk about uh, really quickly because I know it was huge and I know, again, listeners can really relate to it, um, is can we talk a little bit about what do we do about the judgment of others? Because that's a big one. Lots of people um, are going through their life without even really realizing that Mm -hmm. the reason why they're not up-leveling or taking opportunities or stepping outside their comfort zone or whatever you want to call it is tied to a lot of other voices. (laughs) All the noise around them. I mean, it it could be tied to, you know, voices that aren't even around anymore. It could be a teacher that says some, you know, something to do. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But I think many, many people are very locked into what are people going to think or say if I do this or what are they saying all the time behind my back, all of that stuff. So can you talk about some of those shifts that really freed you 
from the judgment of others or from the idea of the judgment of others. Right. So I think what you just said right there is perfect because it really is the idea of judgment of others. I was carrying this heavy load of what I thought people in my family thought about me. I thought that they mm-hmm. thought I was a snob for getting a master's degree. I thought that right. they thought I was a snob because my husband and I earn a bunch of money. And I thought that they thought I was like too big for my britches because I do right. have a Louis and I do live on the water and I have all this stuff. And I, I was carrying all so this judgment about. Yeah. It was creating yeah. Attention. Whether they, whether they were actually ever saying anything that, like that or not, it was very perceived. Right. And I think that's so true. Correct. Yeah, I in my mind, I had created this story around what they were thinking of me. And so I was always playing smaller than my potential was because I was like, well, I don't want my cousins not to like me. I don't want, you know, people to to think I'm trying to be fancier than I should be. And, you know, I don't want to right, act bigger right. than my raisin. And um, I'll never forget, and now I use this phrase a lot, but you said to me, what will happen to your, how will your day-to-day life change if those people never talk to you again? Right. And I had to realize, like, all these cousins that I'm worried about don't actually talk to me. Like, we may interact some on Right, Facebook. you have, like, no relationship anyway. <laughs> I have like, zero relationship wow, with them. We like, letting, yeah, we're letting these things influence us. And we don't even care, like, at the end of the day. And yes. We're not trying to be rude. It's just one of those things, like, we don't actually have a relationship. We don't actually interact. I you know? actually... No, they will actually, I can say that because they'll never actually hear this podcast because they don't actually care what in the world I'm doing. <laughs> right. Right. But I had been told enough times when I was younger that I intimidate my other family members who haven't been as successful or as educated or as wealthy or as whatever, and I need to tone it down a little bit. And I've played into that, you know, for, I played into it for 46 years. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? It's okay if they don't like me. Because if I might, here's the thing. Yeah. Here's what I've learned after working with you. The people that truly know me know my heart, and it doesn't have anything to do with what kind of purse I carry. Exactly. My, and, and I would say you have probably one of the biggest parts of, of anyone I've come across. Like, just, it radiates from you. Y'all go follow her Instagram. You'll just see it when you, like, just look at your smile. So the warmth <laughs> radiates from you. And and I think having that breakthrough was so huge because huge. in a way it was almost like heartbreaking to see that all these other, you know, voices, whether perceived or, or real, had such an influence, you know. And so I think when we were working together, um, I, that for, for me was, even bigger than some of the wealth breakthroughs. Like, if we can shed that skin, if we can let that go, and if we can understand that we have the right, y'all, to build a bubble around us, to build a bubble around our family, to build a bubble around our mind and our dreams, and say, I choose the story I believe about all those things. I choose what I tell myself. I choose what I'm creating. And anyone is welcome to an opinion. Knock yourself out it doesn't have any effect on what I believe about myself. And so to see you kind of be able to lay that burden down 
I think it was it was it was tough. There was about a week there that it physically was, it was almost tough. like coming out it, of your yes. body, right? It, it knocked you down. I swelled up. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, like it was like an emotional detox. Reacted. Mm-hmm. And then once it was it done, did. it was like game over. Amazing. It's been so light. And I would like to share one more thing that you taught me that I used, and it helped so much. But you asked me, who is your biggest cheerleader? Who is the person in your mm-hmm. life that would always cheer you up on, who would, like, encourage you to chase your dreams and, and believe that you can accomplish anything? And I was able to identify that person. And whenever a negative thought or a thought of someone judging me popped into my head, I'd be like, get out of here. Aunt Mare, what do yeah. you think? And I would ask my Aunt yeah. Marilyn, like, what do you think? And immediately I could hear her saying, like, you got this. You can do this. And that was huge because the thought, I love that you know. Give perspective, right? To be like, right, yeah. Like, like, yeah, we can't control the first thought, but we can absolutely control the second thought. So my second thought was always, what do you think? You know? And then it would immediately yes. be followed by, like, the the knowledge that I can do it and that there is somebody cheering me on. So that's just a, such a simple tool that everybody could use, like starting right now, I feel like. Absolutely. And, and I love that um, helping to filter it through that lens, whether the person is still with us or not, I, I think it, it's just as powerful either way. So for me, my nanny was that person and she passed four years ago. Um, but if you can, let's say somebody is saying something to you that is judgy or demeaning or whatever, horrible, let's say. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is, right? That's making you feel some type of way. And the old us, I always love to put a difference between the old me and the new me, right? The old me might uh-huh. have soaked that in and internalized it and said, yeah, that is who I am, right? The new me now realizes I live in a bubble. Whatever they said, crap the bubble. And now it's my decision if I pull it in and make it part of me, or if I brush it off and say, that's not relevant to me. And I love being able to say, what would Nani tell me about that? Would she say, yes, Sarah, that's you. Take that on. (laughs) Or would she say, that's insane. (laughs) You know? You're right. Yeah, I think that's such a great one to say, you know, what would the person who knows me the best, who loves me the best, who's, who's been there, what if I told them? that this is what a person is saying or this is how, it, what, what would their advice be? And I think that's, that's a great way to, to run it through for, to help us shake it off, shake it off. Yeah. Right? And not, Absolutely. not consume it. Well, girl, yeah. I have loved every second of this conversation as I knew I would. Um, listeners, I hope you got a notepad. If you didn't go back and, and listen again, especially some of those tips that we shared um, on our mindset stuff, that's usually what we reserve for the private client. So you take note of these because they really do work. Um, and I love, 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 love you, girl. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I'm going to put in the notes of the show today uh, your links and your Insta, but real quick, tell us where those are so people can go follow you. I'm super simple. Uh, ChristyBarkley.com. I'm Christy Barkley on Instagram and Christy Barkley on Facebook. I'm easy to find. Yes. I love it so much. Okay, everybody, um, if you got good content from this, I'm going to ask a favor of you because that's how this works, right? So can you do us a big favor, share the episode, tag us both, let us know what your thoughts were. 
Um, spread the love around, and we thank you in advance for that love and support. And until next time, everybody, go out and hustle and thrive. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.